if you are located outside of the European Union, the United Kingdom and or Switzerland, then you need an authorized representative. So I have a good news, you have found it with Easy Medical Device. And if you are also in need of an importer in Europe and in Switzerland, then contact us definitely at info at easymedicaldevice.com. I-N-F-O at easymedicaldevice.com and I'm sure we can help you. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy Podcast. I am Munir Alazuzi, a medical device expert specialized on quality and regulatory affairs. My mission is to help you learn how to place a compliant medical device on the market. For that, I share with you my experience and the one of others on this podcast. Are you ready for your dose of regulation and standards today? Okay, so let the show begin. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Here is Munir Lazuzi from easymedicaldevice.com. And today we'll talk about software, software as medical device in MDR and IVDR. And I have with me Cesare Magri, CEO of Four Better Devices. Uh, so uh, Cesare, welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Hi, Monir. Thank you. So, Cesare, so today we'll talk about software. You had a lot of issues. I mean, each time people are coming, they are thinking some, they have some mistake. If I can say they are misunderstanding some concept about software as medical device. So we'll try to talk about that today. But just before, as it's been a long time, you haven't been on the podcast. So can we make, uh, uh, can you uh, make a small introduction of yourself? Yes, I'm Cesare. I'm uh, the CEO of Four Better Devices. We are a, a CRO based in uh, in Germany. We help developing the clinical strategies, the intended purposes, and the clinical study uh, plans for medical devices, in vitro diagnostics, software, medical devices. You can come to us anytime, and we'll be happy to to help you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, I'm I'm also contacting Cesare for some of my projects, so it's really a, a good source to to go and to and to get some help. So Cesare, today we'll talk about software as medical devices. Um, there are there this software needs also to do some clinical evaluation or performance evaluation, and you wanted to tell us more about some some common mistakes that are coming and are are, are starting to be uh, uh, seen when manufacturers are, are coming to discuss with you or to ask you for for some support. So. What are what is the main mistake that you are seeing on this field? Here? Yeah, so it's, it's it's a problem that affects not just software, but also in vitro diagnostic. We see, and there it's it's uh, very systematically we get the same type of misconception on the way one should uh, create the clinical um, evaluation, the, the evaluate the clinical performance of these devices, and uh, it is that, and we will see why. I'll just summarize it that. Compared to the classical medical device, in vitro diagnostic and software medical device, they have an additional uh, component. Uh, and uh, often, the uh, manufacturer just start uh, stop uh, developing this clinical strategy at this additional component and forget the patient. And uh, this is essentially the, the the main problem. It's not that what they do is wrong, but they forget some pieces. Okay. And we see it extremely regularly, especially with the, as I said, in vitro diagnostic and all the, the startups that come with the artificial intelligence um, okay. ideas. They, I mean, sometimes we can even predict uh, what they, we, we tell them, look, I think you have planned this. And they are like, yes. <laughs> and it's really like, we already know what they, what they thought of. And then they, uh, we try to make them realize what is the missing pieces. And it's extremely systematic what we see. And it's, uh, the same thing is also 
also with in vitro diagnostic. So what, what is what is the this, ex, this missing piece okay. if I can say the that, thing that they are not really getting or not understanding here? Okay, before talking about that, let, let's think for a moment of, of the classical medical device, not okay. the software medical device. So the classical device that it uh, is applied to some somewhere on the patient. Huh? There you usually have three main entities, mm -hmm. which are the device itself, the user, and the patient. Okay. okay. And it's uh, it's easy to think that when you are testing the device alone, you're doing verification. If you are testing the device with the user without the patient, you're doing usability tests. And if you are testing uh, the whole chain, so device, user, and patient, and check the effect of the device on the patient, then you're doing a clinical uh, investigation. Typically, you're, you're testing the clinical performance of the device. Sometimes here, there's a bit the complication that the user, uh, sorry, the patient can also be the user, which is sometimes a bit confusing because uh, depending on what you're trying to uh, understand, to try to test, you can either have the patient being the patient, so you are in the clinical investigation domain, or you're just in a usability investigation. But this, it, it's, it's relatively straightforward to think, okay, what do I have to do to, to, to test my device? I need to take all the three elements together. Exactly. Okay? That's, that's easy. So and um, then, now, now, I mean, this is easy because I think um, uh, we, we, if I can say it's, it's concrete, we are touching yes. that and we are yeah. seeing that here when you talk about in vitro diagnostic and software, it's maybe more abstract for some, for some yes. of those elements. And it's, I think it's particularly abstract for software. So that's why I prefer to make examples with in vitro diagnostic because it's a bit more concrete. And the fact is in vitro, in vitro diagnostic devices, you have four elements instead of three. Okay. You have the, the device itself, the user, which again can also be the patient eventually, and and the patient obviously. But before you have the patient, you have the sample that's okay. taken from the patient. Okay, so here you can have more step of test that you can do compared to the medical device, the classical one. So you can test just the medical device itself, verification, the medical device with the user, and that's usability, and. At a certain point, you, you will start thinking, okay, now I test something on the sample, which is perfectly uh, uh, makes sense. That's the analytical performance. But uh, many manufacturers, they think we stop here. So typically is, let's say, let's make an example with a, with a copy test, for example. No? It, it would say, I would take uh, samples uh, from the swabs that were taken from thousands of patients. I will use the PCR test as a gold standard. And then I would compare my method, my new test, to this uh, to this gold standard on this uh, sample. And they, they think, oh, it's great because I, I'm not getting even in contact with the patient, so I don't even have to 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 to, to deal with them. I mean, there's no risk. It's, it sounds very easy. And then I, I will prepare. I will compute my um, my specificity and sensitivity, and then I'm done. And they think, oh, that, that's that's it. And the problem is that you're, that's not it. It can be it if the domain in which you are working it is super well established. Okay, okay. so for example, for COVID tests, you, you might know that if you reach a, a given specificity and sensitivity compared to PCR, then you know what the effect for the patient is gonna be in the end, okay, what the consequence will be. But many, many uh, in vitro diagnostic domains, especially the, the, the new ones uh, that are uh, also now forced to go through IVDR, they, they are not so well established. And so they, even if they can determine the specificity and sensitivity of this test, they are not able to say what the clinical risks 
and the uh, clinic, clinical performance for the patient, the benefits for the patient will be in the end. So uh, stopping there, even if it's somehow approaching this clinical step because you're, you're starting to use something concrete from the patient, it's not the clinical performance, it's the analytical performance. And there is, there is a piece missing. We, we, we saw it, for example, I mean, you have in vitro diagnostic manufacturer, they come with big claims. They, they want to predict how a specific drug or uh, we, we, it's going to work on the patient based on some sample, okay? And they have a very innovative technique. And they say, okay, now I'm going to compare myself, uh, my, my, the prediction of my, of my uh, uh, device to uh, what happened to the, to the client uh, uh, in the future who was treated without uh, using the information from my in vitro diagnostic. That's not enough because you're, in that case, you're not using your device within the in vitro diagnostic chain. Okay? So it, it, you're not using the device in the chain that is uh, for taking the clinical decision concerning therapy or diagnostic. So it's you're not really testing the clinical performance of your, your device. You're testing some sort of correlation of what your uh, device uh, outputted and uh, to what the um, uh, happened to the patient. It's an interesting information. It's not that it's not interesting, but it's not the end of the story. It's not what the notified body will request you to have. Again, there can be some situation where this, where this is enough. There can be some fields where you can essentially say from uh, checking some sort of uh, database or some preclinical information, you can make prediction on what will happen to the patient. But most often, especially with this kind of devices, that is not the case. And uh, another uh, typical mix misconception is that one compares their device to uh, the um, the, um, the, the, she, the decision or the, the whatever the doctor says uh, in, in terms okay. of that. So remember that a doctor is not a gold standard. A doctor can be standard of care, okay? So in, there are some cases where you really have alternative in vitro diagnostic technique that you consider a, a gold standard, you can compare to them, but you cannot take the doctor as a gold standard and say, because I, I uh, uh, Took the same decision as the doctor. Yeah, but then a, 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 human, a human is a human, so it can make mistakes also. So it's not like you can say exactly. yes, it's the truth what they are saying because any. And if you take ten, ten doctors, maybe the ten have different minds or different uh, advices to provide. So I think yeah, it's not really the 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 thing exactly. of, of truth. Uh, we we see this this type of reasoning all the time, really all the time. So it's it's uh, more the norm than the uh, the exception. And the same thing is with with software. Because if you think of the medical device software, it's that's why all there is this MD, MDCG 2021. Right? They they essentially tell you that you have to evaluate clinically your software if it were an individual diagnostic. The reason for it is that again there you have four parts. You have the device, you have the uh, the user, and and you have the patient. But in between between the device and and the and the patient. You also have the data that you are collecting the, uh, from the patient. And these data are just like a, a sample, as if it were urine or blood that you were collecting from the patient that you're using to affect uh, uh, therapy yeah. or, or uh, diagnostic. In, and so you have for, the same for, as that. Um, for, for in vitro diagnostic, yeah, it can be like a specimen or sample that we are collecting. Yes. 
for a software as medical device, it can be like an image, like a MRI image or this kind of thing that we are collecting and then we are Anything. testing it can, it can that. So it's MRI the same. Image, uh, but it can also be, you know, you know, just previous patient data from their records. Yeah. It's, that's also a, a, a sort of specimen that you're using and you are elaborating them and extracting a new information that you will present to the doctor to try to affect is her or her uh, decision concerning the therapy and and the and the um, and the diagnosis so and and is important because here as well what what we get we, we get these uh, ai startups they come to us and they are or they think they, they thought it through and they probably are in connection with some uh, university or hospital and they say oh now we're going to get a database you gigantic database you know concerning uh, the the outcome uh, of um, collected with the, what is the gold standard in the field and we are going to check our our our, our uh, artificial intelligence algorithm compares to that and that's also very typical for ai because they usually have training databases and then databases to which they compare them themselves to so it's uh, it's it's a standard way of thinking of, of the field and for them that's the end of the story and uh, they get sometimes even upset when you make them realize pay attention here if you do that it's it's a starting point you have you can say that it, it looks the situation looks good, but then you really have to see what's going to happen to the patient that has been diagnosed or uh, for which the therapy was determined based on your on your device. What is going to get uh, happen to, the, to this patient compared to the standard of care? And that's the the, the hard part essentially. It's uh, the, the clinical study that you have to build for uh, uh, determining this kind of information. Again, there are exceptions, but it's more more like exceptions than the norm so that's uh... so so just just maybe for for also clarification with the with the regarding those software all those in vitro diagnostic things so uh, do you uh, as we talked about medical devices we talk about clinical investigation because we are involving patients here we have first in human use here on this case are we talking also about clinical investigation when we are doing that or it's completely so, a different strategy here no for the for the medical device software it would be a clinical investigation and for the uh, in vitro diagnostic would be a performance investigation, but it's essentially the the same uh, concept. There is no really gigantic difference. They they uh, they use this terminology to differentiate the two fields. They want to align the analytical performance uh, thing. One thing, however, that's in, it's in, it's important, and we we also try to to stress when we talk uh, to the startups. Uh, sometimes also this 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 first step, you know, the one of uh, collecting these databases or this sample that you, you don't collect explicitly for for your device, but you you know you recycle from from somewhere. There are still. Uh, uh, small clinical investigation and uh, small uh, performance uh, evaluation. Eh? So there's, they are regulated, okay? I have to say at the moment, the uh, notified body are, are not stressing too much about this. So I think right now, even if one goes with a, with a database collected through university for which uh, there was no clinical investigation plan, let's say so, they are gonna still accept the data, but you have to think uh, about the collection of the data from the, you, you are still a sponsor. Even sometimes one tries to avoid this uh, word and they say, oh, you know, we're collaborating with the university. They are collecting the data anyways. And the problem is, yes, they can do it, but then 
that's their data. You won't be able to use this data legally for your uh, for your uh, performance or clinical evaluation. So if you want to be able to use them uh, and also in the future, you have to be upfront and practically you have to treat it as a, 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 a 14. 155 investigation. Yeah. The so committee, uh, investigation, brochure, all those things that should be initiated. Yes, so, so it, the difference are, uh, for example, if uh, suppose you want to collect now a specific sample from, from patient uh, for using, so you will create a clinical investigation plan. If doctors are involved, they will get the ethic commission uh, approval. They will get the, the oh, there is a word. So I, I only have in German the, 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 the comment of the ethic commission the, the, uh, concerning the study. Uh, but you will treat it uh, um, just like any clinical investigation. You will have a report because you want to use all this information in your, your CEP and your CER. It's, a, it's the same thing. So you really treat them as if as if it were a clinical uh, trial. The difference is you won't have to go through the whole process with the uh, 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 competent authorities. You still, if you do it in Europe, you still have to mention to them that you're going to do this uh, data collection. So even if it's very trivial, uh, you you still have to notify them. But you, you won't have to get their uh, approval of the CI that, uh, concerning, say, it's just it's just a notification. And you don't have to report adverse events and so on, because it's assuming that you are not doing anything uh, at, strange on the patient that yeah. could uh, uh, affect their their safety but so, the, the procedure the mental procedure should be like it's the first very simple clinical investigation that i'm doing before the eventually the the, the bigger one so um, in, in in terms of uh, now that we if i can say describe a bit the problem and what the errors that manufacturers doing and what they should how they how how it's better to to go for so if if now you had to start if your company is coming to you before they are, if I can say, starting the development or uh, starting even the clinical uh, part, what would you recommend them to follow as steps? Step one, do this, step two, do that. So what would be kind of the steps to follow so okay. that they are reaching the, the right uh, outcome here for their clinical evaluation? It's always the same for all type of performance evaluation or clinical evaluation. It's uh, first you, you draft it on a purpose, okay? And then you dig really into a state of the art analysis, but a very, a, a very systematic one in which you really try to uh, understand how the field works. What, what is really standard of care in the countries where you are going to sell this product? Okay. So how does it really work? Uh, what is the terminology? How would you express uh, things so that the users, the doctors there, they can really understand immediately what you are talking about. And then you reformulate your intended purpose. And, but with that information, we'll also be able to practically define the entire clinical strategy. We'll be able to define the claims, what is to be considered enough, what are the standard adverse events that you should monitor you will be able to say, look, I mean, my, my field is so well established that, uh, you know, everyone knows that if I'm as good as a PCR test, then it's going to be fine for the, for the patient. We, we don't have to discuss this. There are maybe guidelines and so on. It's fine. Or you might say, All right, look, there's not so much information on that. Uh, I can show that there is some correlation between what I measure and what I want to predict, but I cannot really tell if my device is going to be safe uh, for the patient or not. But if I have to measure that, how should I do it? Uh, what is the standard way of doing that for that specific medical field? And, um, and that's absolutely the number one step that gets ignored most of the time. And unfortunately, what we also see is that 
uh, it's not enough sometimes to have like a doctor in the in the team. Many many company thinks they they okay we have our doctor. They, they know. I mean, probably they're gonna tell you seventy percent of the correct information. But what is really needed is this systematic approach because it could be that the thirty percent comes just from their personal experience. It's it's probably not wrong, but it's not really standard of care. It's the way they do things, and uh, you, in the moment you try to put things together, you see that you are not able really to defend this type of of position. So it's not just about talking with doctors. It's really to sit down and look very systematically to what is the standard of of uh, of the field. The, 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 the core baseline, the underpinnings of that specific medical field. Right. And uh, that's the most important thing. So uh, how, how you at four better uh, devices so can help on that? So what exactly are you doing or helping the manufacturers to, to reach out those objectives there? We, we, we do exactly this job. We make clarity essentially. So, and, uh, and this clarity, sometimes it's, it's also a, a bit painful, let's say. So it's, uh, it's about looking at the standard of, uh, of care, what makes sense to formulate as a claim, what does not make sense, uh, looking exactly at this detail and do it in, in, a, in a very systematic uh, way. I mean, it, doing these systematic searches, it's, uh, it's, it's not easy. I mean, th there are uh, certain uh, reasoning that go behind uh, them, they are standard, and, but sometimes they're also practically not, not easy so you you end up with uh, tons of uh, documents that you have to sort and screen and then document your sorting and document why you did a specific screening and it, it can become really overwhelming unless you have a streamlined process for doing only that so that's essentially the, the, the point and that's what uh, uh, we do exactly we have a, a team of doctors and uh, we with biologists and so on and so we try to sit down and think but what Sometimes the surprising, uh, surprising thing I think is that sometimes there is this, this background knowledge at the clients, but if you ask uh, them to formulate exactly what does your device do, you don't get a, a straightforward clear reply. It's, uh, you, you get a, a sense of what, what they want to achieve, but it's, it's something that you, it's very blurry formulated and you, you start to notice it immediately when strange words uh, pop up like we support but we we help but we actually we don't we don't really want to claim anything more and, and so on you notice it immediately and so the point there is that there's no way with MDR IVDR you have to be very clear and um, and you have to be really to, to specify things uh, clearly otherwise the rule castle just crumbles, crumbles down. It's uh, uh, so an error in the intended purpose and then the, the whole structure of the CR won't uh, hold together. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And uh, and, uh, and, and uh, I think notified bodies uh, will really challenge anything that is not clear and will really uh, stop, uh, if I can say, the process of reviewing your device if there is any adopt on this kind of thing. So if it's, thing, if it's clear on your mind, if it's clear on the mind of... Uh, of everybody, then it could be clear also for notified bodies because yeah, yeah they have to have we, some clarity. We see that reviewers are becoming better and better. Honestly, I would say that they are they are going away from the formalities and digging 
way more into the, the core of the problems. So they are much better at spotting the, the, the real problems and not just, you know, okay, why is it two years? So why did you choose this database and kind of things, but really to spot it. Why, so here your intended purpose is, is unclear, that you have a mistake there or your risk management doesn't, doesn't make sense. It's not linked to your clinical data. So they really spot it well. Sometimes I've noticed now there is more likely to get also expert directly from the field of the of the device but in general i think that the level has, has stepped up they it's it's much more scientific review than it used to be even just one year ago it's, no i uh, think um, i agree also yeah we had uh, a lot now an interaction with the um, regulators with the reviewers and yeah they, they have the right question they, they ask the right question it's not just a question that where we ask oh why are they asking that no yeah. They spot read the point and we are, it's it's, oh yeah, it's a good question. Why we should have addressed that also in our yeah. report. So, which is, I think, great. So, um, so Cesare, um, how people can follow up with you? So what is your website now? So it's for betterdevices.com. Probably we can write it also in the... Yeah, we, um, I will put that on the on the show notes anyway. So... Uh, actually, if, it's, if it's, you coming, need... it's almost ready. I think in the next two days, it's, it's going to be there. Okay, so so it, it can be accessed. No problem. And, uh, you, can, you can contact us. So if you need a CRO, so contact Cesare Magri at forbetterdevices.com uh, and uh, he will be able to help you. I mean, uh, as I said, I'm also working with Cesare. So if there is any, uh, any, uh, any work that he can do on clinical evaluation, on CRO, on clinical investigation, he is the guy that you have to contact. And I, I hope, yeah. Uh, you'll get uh, the same service as what I'm getting when I work with him. So I think it's a, it's a great, a great one. So thank you. So uh, Cesare, uh, thank you again for uh, all this information. Um, I think uh, you have, uh, so we, if we have some questions so people can contact you directly on LinkedIn, I will put also your LinkedIn uh, profile, if I can say on the, on the show notes. Uh, but yeah, um, anyway, uh, I'm sure that there is a lot of people that will recognize themselves on there's software, there's in vitro diagnostic uh, problems uh, because mainly, yeah, as you've said, they are more looking at some analytical point than looking at the whole picture with the patient, with the clinical aspect in, uh, at the end for that. So I hope yeah, this, this episode helped a lot of, of, uh, of people to understand and I hope this will correct some uh, misunderstanding related to what is expected for, for the software. So thank you, Cesare, and I wish you, you a nice day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. So if you like this episode, please provide a review on the platform where you are listening to it. And also don't forget to share it with your colleagues. Thank you very much.